This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Please be sure to subscribe and share with friends and family. To help support this ministry, please visit allentempleamec.com slash donate. Thank you for listening. Allow me to bring you warm greetings from the Connection of Women's Society by way of our international president, Dr. Deborah Taylor King, our international YPD director, Mrs. Rochelle Fry Skinner, our second vice president, Lynette Williams King, who is the commission chair of mission education and interpretation as well as the Women's Missionary Society Promotion Missionary Education Directors all over the Connectional AME Church. And the reason why I'm pausing to say this is because today you heard uh, the missions offering is being collected towards the study guides for districts 14 through 20. Allow me just a moment to make sure that it's understood. The missions offering to them for the purchase of study guides is gonna go a long way. While $15 for a book is easy, even for them, the distribution of those study guides is the challenge. For us, we can mail them through the postal service and it can get to you less than a week's time and you will get your books in February. But for them to get the books from stateside into international space takes a lot more. There are thousands of miles in between one conference and a next conference. It could be by plane, train, and automobile. And what can take a week for us can take months for them. And so by you sending me to the executive board meeting with the funds to purchase 170 books for them or as close as we can get, allows the leadership of those districts to take those books back into their districts and allow the real distribution to take place. So I thank you on behalf of the Promotion and Missionary Education Committee for the work that you are doing. Thank you. So I am sending light, love, and salutations to each and every one of you. So let us take a look at why I was invited to stand here in the absence of my husband <laughs> for this moment and this occasion. The theme for this 2024 annual day is restoring hope in our community. And the supporting scripture, as was so wonderful read by our YPD Jermaine, is ask, seek, knock, from Matthew chapter seven, verses seven and eight. And before I tell you today about what it is that I'm going to speak to, I want to explain to you why it is that I chose this message on this day. This is the month of January, and many of you know that normally in this month for the past 10 years, we have served and gone to Guatemala. And this month and this time, just like any other previous year, we would be focusing on preparing to go to Guatemala. 
This year, because of the political unrest, we're not going. However, the blessing that I got on the last year that I went is the spirit behind the message today. And what happened to me last year is Pastor Rafi, listen, missionary work is serious. And when you go and are sent, there is a whole community that sends you. So we went with 17 bags of donations, 17 large duffel bags. So when we show up in this, in this village, you know, I'm ready with the bags to give out the things and I'm all ready. And uh, Pastor, uh, Pastor Robert says, Alicia, are you ready? And I'm like, yes. I got this bag, I got this bag, I got this bag. And then he says, I need you to prepare a 10 minute, 10 minute message to the people that are here. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Me, Pastor Rafi, we got Pastor Marriott right there, we got Reverend Nefty right there, we had Dr. Reverend Lisa right there, we had uh, missions, um, uh, what, what's the men's, um, Pivot, Pivot Ministries was there, uh, the uh, Sandwich Congregational Church was there, all these ministers. And you asked me? And he says, because you're a missionary. And in that moment, I was reminded that my assignment is not in the stuff. My assignment is in my witness. And so, today, I am bringing a message to you about being a credible witness. So let us pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And may the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, and this message proclaiming my faith be acceptable in your sight, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So in preparing for this proclamation, and I say proclamation because I am not preaching, <laughs> I reflected on the concepts of hope and community in the theme for today and the progression of the instructions to ask, which acknowledges a need, to seek, which is finding the answer to the need, and to knock, which is a persistent and a grounding stance until it's time. So as a missionary and a follower of Christ, I hold hope and community in high regard and consider them to be essential elements to embrace, embody, and implement in every situation, especially during the most turbulent times of one's spiritual journey. So naturally, after processing these two concepts and noting them to be prefaced by the word restoring, I was intrigued and my spirit stirred. So let's begin the breakdown 
of the theme and the scripture. So the first concept is hope. Hope, by definition, is a feeling of expectation and a desire for certain things to happen. Hebrews 11 and 1 says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18 says to fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In other words, we find hope from eternal things, not from the things of our temporal world or the world as perceived through one's own mind and eyes. For some, hope is not just a word that can mean nothing or everything. It can mean the difference of hanging in there or giving up, the deciding factor between persevering and surrendering or persisting and discontinuing. Hope can be the faint light at the end of a dark tunnel or the path leading up to the highest mountain to a breathtaking view of something never seen or ever imagined before. In full transparency, it's hard to maintain hope. It's hard not to lose faith, especially when it seems like God's God's provision and his providence for you and your situation is not just beyond your control, but also beyond your sight. It's hard to have hope and avoid despair when you're discouraged and can't seem to catch a break. So now let's look at the second concept, right? Community. Community, by definition, is a group of people who share common interests and goals. It is belonging to a community where we get a sense of connection and support. It is being part of a community that offers opportunities for personal growth and development and allows individuals to make a positive impact on others. It is being in a biblical community that Christ believers come alongside of you and help you to grow and to mature in faith by the word of God and testimonies from other believers. Community is what God desires for us. And as we foster relationships with fellow believers, we strengthen our bond with him and in his word. First Peter chapter four, verses eight through 10 says this, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. It offers hospitality to one another without grumbling. And each of you should use whatever gift you have, whatever gift you received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So our mission statement as missionaries, called to strengthen our faith and sent to continue the ministry of Jesus Christ by service and witness in the world. It's a call to action, right? And it is a list of specific instructions of strengthening our faith and continuing the ministry of Jesus Christ to serve communities. But guess what? 
if we do that. We're blessed by our community, blessed to be a blessing as we witness in the world. So if we strengthen our faith within our community, we will be blessed by the community to be a blessing outside in the community. And we'll witness to the world. So being in community is necessary for personal growth. And a biblical community is the blessing that when worked together serves as a basis and a foundation for having hope. Can you sit in that? That's our basis for having hope. So when we talk about restoring hope now, by definition, we're talking about bringing back to a former position or condition. And missionaries being called to strengthen our faith and continue the ministry of Jesus Christ restores hope with feelings of expectation and desires for good things to happen in and for community. So when some are overwhelmed with despair, have feelings of sadness, and when hope is lacking in our own lives, in our homes, and in our churches, others within our larger community can come walk beside us and spur us into the blessings that will restore hope back in us so that when we go out to serve others and the greater community, we can witness to the world. So being in greater community gives us a place, or not greater community, let's take it a step back and let's go back to strengthening ourselves. Being in our community gives us a place to air our struggles, gives us a place to talk about our successes and our failures, and guide us more fully into the ways of Christ. Being in our community helps us to grow too in a place of prayer, worship, and praise. And according to Romans 12 and 12, we can be joyful in hope, be patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. So this missionary sisters and my brothers that's in the house is where our faith journey and our stories of endurance and even testimonials of overcoming converge with the very foundation of who we are, whom we belong to, and what we believe in. So this is where I believe that the persistence of asking, the perseverance of seeking, and the continuous resilience of knocking until we experience the breakthrough is essential in restoring faith within our community. So this peace and certainty from the effort gives us strength to endure and courage to encourage, not because of what we see, but because of what we have seen, now know, and what we believe will come. This is how we restore hope in our community as credible witnesses for Christ. So for a few minutes that I have left, and still within the context of my reflections of restoring hope in our community, allow me to share a personal testimony. 
If you are a member of this church, a close friend, or a family member, you know that I love gospel songs. I love a good hymn. I love me some anthems, some inspirational songs. You name it, and if it points to Christ, I'm going to claim it, and if I could carry a tune, I'd sing it. Eve, am I telling the truth? I would sing it, right? And so singing's not my gift, but I enjoy having a song in my heart. So indulge me with a few lines from an old favorite song, and you can join in as you feel so led. Now be nice. <laughs> Jackie. <laughs> so though the storms keep on raging in my life, and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day, still that hope that lies within. Jesse, your song is reassured as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore. I know he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. See, life's storms, whether physical or not, can be overwhelming and take a toll on your spiritual well-being. And these attacks can be persistent, distracting and disruptive in your life and to your peace. And it can leave you feeling helpless and hopeless. And, and, that, and in that space, that's when the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy anything that you had in you that was keeping you standing. And at that point, rescue and restoration is necessary. So who in this place doesn't want to feel or know that there is an anchor to hold on to during a storm. So if you live in New York or anywhere on the Northeast Coast, superstorms, floods, and severe weather systems have become common occurrences. So on October 29th of 2012, Superstorm Sandy tragically caused the loss of lives and significant destruction to communities, homes, churches, and infrastructures. In total, $19 billion of damages and losses across the five boroughs happened. Nine years later, on September 1st in 2021, Hurricane Ida inflicted widespread destruction from Louisiana up through the Northeast Corridor crossing states with an estimated of $75 billion in damages. And two years later, yeah, yeah, yeah. September 29th, 2023, intense rainfall, flash flooding, and more damages triggered traumatic experiences of another state of emergency. There was insurance adjusters, damage cases, denied claims, lost debt, and after back-to-back -back storms, images of flooded and totaled vehicles, basements submerged with flood waters and raw sewage, and reports of FEMA's limited support overwhelmed the headlines. For many, floods may be a once-in-a-lifetime event. For others, it's a recurring issue. And so this is my story of a storm that kept raging in my life. 
so allow me to share. On September 1st, 2021, at about 10 p.m., and after two hours of nonstop rainfall from Hurricane Ida, my husband, on his way to a neighbor's house to borrow a sump pump, opened our front door and was met with rushing water coming down the block like a river. Immediately, he calls out to me and my sister-in-law, Paula. She's a witness. She can tell you that this did happen to come up and move the cars because the water was rising up to the doors. So we quickly run outside, move our cars around the corner to higher grounds, and by the time we were returning to the house, the water completely covered the sidewalks and had started to rise up in my driveway like the deep end of a pool at a rate with such intensity that it caved in my basement door and within half an hour, fully submerged my basement to just a few inches below the top step into my kitchen. Imagine every appliance that you own, every utility source that is in a basement was underwater at my house. After mulling over the possibilities of what we should do, the water continued to rise and if it should come onto the first floor, we picked up the dog and went upstairs to go to bed. We went to sleep. We went to sleep because at that moment, there was no amount of worrying that was gonna stop the rain, cause the storm to cease, or control the inevitable damage that we were about to face. So rescue and restoration had to be on hold because at that time, it wasn't happening. So immediately, we go to sleep. The next morning, we wake up. Guess what? The basement was still flooded. The water was still there. But guess what? Even though our electric panel was underwater, we never lost power. The lights never went out. So immediately, we knew that God was with us. We knew that he was the guiding source along the way, and everything that we needed from that day forward was provided. And it was provided at the time that we needed it. We received a refund for overpaid city taxes, which covered the cost of a new hot water heater. We received a school tax exemption that coincided with the bill for the mold remediation that we had to go through. We received FEMA funds to replace the furnace before the winter months, before it got cold. And our AME church community contributed to the replacing of washer and dryers. And it wasn't until after all of the essentials, all of what we needed was in place, that HVAC was restored did the finances come in to build back stronger? Jesus came through. So our contractor at the time, he had the plan, he had the time, and he had access to the material that we needed. Because if y'all know what was going on at Home Depot during the a pandemic, you know that materials was an issue. Supply chain was a demand, right? So we were grateful for all the timely care and the support that we received, and we were reminded to whom much is given, 
much is required. You see, the generosity of God was reflected in how much we gave because what we were given back was so much more. We experience that sometimes we are the help and sometimes we are the ones being helped. But it was in the manifestation of restoring hope through our biblical community that really sealed it for us in our hearts. You see, when we were going through what we were going through, it was the sons of this house that showed up from day one. Day one, when we had to bring out every single soggy, sewage-filled item in our basement, it was Yvette's sons that showed up. They bagged up everything and put it out. The next day, when it was time for mold remediation to take place, because you know if your basement is wet, guess what's going to follow? Mold. When it was time for that work to be done and crews were in the community, guess who was in one of the crews? Another son from the house. He didn't know what was going on. He was just out in the community doing work. But guess where God sent him? To our house. That was Aaron. Y'all know Aaron. Holly's son. So guess what, y'all? Then my missionary sister showed up. They showed up to clean every non-porous item and neatly organize anything that was salvageable in my backyard. It was through this act of service, y'all, that witness was born in the world. You see, the watching world of my neighbors saw my church family out there in the front of the house, singing, laughing, not grumbling, but working. That's what they remembered. They remembered that the church showed up for us. See, they see us every Sunday going out. They see us missing activities on the community and in the neighborhood because we're here serving the church. But for them to see the church show up for us was what witness in the world looks like. So the crowning glory moment, y'all, this was the crowning glory moment in all of this technology. I got a text message from one of my missionary sisters who didn't even know what I was going through. The text message was a picture, a picture of a dark night with nothing but the moon's light in the darkness and a message that read, he left the light on for you. That sister, our third vice president, Cheryl Ann Welch, didn't know what we was going through. But because we're connected and because the spirit of God lives, lives in each of us, when one of us is going through something, he'll raise up somebody to come and be a part of your rescue, a part of your restoration. And that piece is what brought us through. That allowed us to endure what we were going to endure the next couple of months. But guess what, y'all? It didn't stop there. Because after our fully restored basement and our remarkable testimony, here come another flood. September 29th, 
2023. More intense flood, flash, flash floodings, and five feet of water pooled in my driveway and flooded out my car. Second vehicle loss in two years to a flood. But this time, it was different. We were different, and our response was different. So this time, in our asking God for his help and plan for this storm's recovery, he again provided the resources that we needed for rescue and restoration again. This time, though he didn't flood-proof our home as we desired, but through the material improvements of the last storm. See, what we had done was we had cemented walls now. We had tiled floors, and we had cinder blocked the wall outside. We completely building up the resilience for future floods, right? So that, so that five feet of water that flooded my car was contained and constrained, and it didn't come inside. And the car that it flooded, God replaced it. But guess what he replaced it with? Well, but the car, when it was delivered to me, the license plate had three initials on it. The initials were L-E-T, let, let there be light. So when God gives you a message, when God gives you a blessing, when God gives you a word, it is going to be a word in season and out of season. It's going to be a word for that day and the word for the future floods of your life. It's going to be a word that's going to stick with you, that's going to uphold you, and that's going to allow you to stand. So when we asked, he answered. When we seeked and we sought his truth and righteousness, we received. And in knocking for restored hope, yet after another storm, we stood fortified by a barrier of resilience and resistance. See, we surrender control. Only God can speak to the storm and the winds and the waves will obey. Only God can, 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 can speak to our hearts so that we can hear. It's in his strength that we're made per perfect through our weakness. And that's how we build up our defenses against future floods with cinder blocks of hope and water-resistant faith. We are not impervious to the storms of life, but through persistent prayers of asking, seeking, and knocking with our biblical community, we will be strengthened and we will be restored. So today, today, we expect to ride out the storm and to sleep through it. Today, we know that floodwaters come, but they don't stay. Today, we may be overwhelmed, but God leaves the light on. So if the storms don't cease, and just in case the winds they keep blowing in my life, my soul, 
is anchored in the Lord. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace in knowing and believing through the experiences in your life and in my life that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will abound in hope and overflow with confidence in his promises to be a credible witness and may your soul be anchored in the Lord. Amen. Thank you.